What's going on? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. We have our first ever interview with an MLB owner. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. Trevor's coming to us from California, and producer BBD is behind the plate. We are in the Roosevelt Studios. That's R-S-V-L-T-S. And as I said, we have another interview for you guys. It's not a player. It's not an umpire. It's not an ex-player. It's not a baseball scientist. It's not a reporter. Director. It's not a director. It's not an A-list actor. It's One of 30. MLB owner. Owner of the Brewers. We just wrapped up the interview. We'll get, we'll get it to you quick. But first, Trev, how you doing? I'm doing great. I was, you know, we've had a lot of talks about owners and players throughout the whole negotiation thing. And one thing that we always said was like, look, individually, these guys are Every guy that I've run into is a good guy. And Mark Atanasio is no exception. He's, I mean, he, from every interaction that we've had, has just been a solid guy. And I think the way that he runs the team, it kind of comes off that way. I know I asked, it was funny because we did this. And then yesterday I had someone from Milwaukee at my house. And I was like, hey, guess what? We're going to interview the Brewers owner. Like, what do you guys think about him in Milwaukee? And he loved, he's like, everybody loves the Brewers. Everybody loves the Adonacio. So um, it's cool to be able to dig in on that a little bit and kind of get like, hey, man, this is a guy that not a lot of people get to hear from. Like, what's your perspective on baseball and the game? And what's, what do you think about it? And um, I think that um, he did a really good job of kind of showing how much he cares about baseball. Yeah, yeah. Jake? He's great. Um, it's just such a weird... Again, I said the one of 30 thing. Like, when you really take that into perspective, uh, it's pretty wild. And it's good. He's a baseball guy. I mean, we we had him talking about some of his players, some of his old trades. Um, I think some, you know, his calls he made after he became the Brewers owner. That's, that's really cool if you're a Brewers fan or if, <laughs> I guess, if you're thinking about getting a team. Uh, <laughs> but, no, uh, that was awesome. You know, we're a little connected to California Strong Foundation. We started off there, and then we we just got into it and talked some baseball, some new stuff, growth of the game, players. So yeah, cool. and if That's uh, pizza in New York, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, everywhere. He, he even asked us our thoughts on seventh inning. And, yeah, that was and cool. Man on second, it was cool that he was asking us our opinion on things. If you're looking for a hard hitting uh, podcast uh, about the negotiation and COVID and negotiations. It's not what this is. That's not what we wanted it to be. We've moved past it. I think the owners have moved past it. We're on to baseball. We're talking about how good things have been, and that's what this interview is. And uh, without further ado, here you go. All right, we are joined by a very special guest today. We are coming live from the Bronx, and we have a guy who was born. In the Bronx, Brewers owner Mark Adonacio. How you doing? Hey, guys. Yeah, Pelham Parkway South. Wow, that's right in my mom's neighborhood. She grew up in uh, Pelham Parkway. That's uh, same uh, same time as uh, you, I think, as well. We're actually we're right, uh, right by the stadium. 
uh, two blocks away. So Bronx living. We're new, though. We don't have the Bronx toughness that I'm sure you guys got <laughs> and uh, my mom has. Yeah, it's a little different. I tell my sons that, and you know my son Mike, and a little different growing up in uh, sunny California and you know, thinking it's 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 tough when you're out with the surfers trying to find a, a spot in a wave. This is what yeah, we that, in the Bronx. <laughs> the last time that uh, we saw you and Mikey was was in California, in sunny Malibu, at the California Strong Charity, which is something I wanted to ask about because we got to see it once. Trev's been a couple times. The event is awesome. How we saw you there and you get to just enjoy it. Your son and some of your employees put this on and started this charity. Is that cool to see that happen underneath you kind of underneath your umbrella and see them take off and do fun stuff like that? So, uh, yeah, it's always fun to, um, see the energy that, uh, I'll call young, young people have their, uh, Ryan, uh, I don't know, Trevor, you call Ryan Braun a young guy anymore. Maybe not. I know Christian teases. Not in baseball years. (laughs) (laughs) But, and and also, by the way, I think Christian and Ryan have contract commitments well over $300 million. I'm not sure, a classic employee. (laughs) Yeah. I think think of them as business partners. Yeah, no, it's it's very energizing to see young people come together um, and, and to pull something off like that, which is really hard to do from a, a standing, I think Christian had the idea uh, right around Thanksgiving with the first set of fires we had out here, say hey, we should do something. And for that to, you know, within two months, be able to raise more than $2 million and then give it all out. So a lot of charities, the money gets trapped here. Uh, they get given the money out and uh, in many cases directly. I know Mike uh, and Trevor and, um, uh, Jared Goff flew up to uh, Northern California, get money out there. It, it's really very special. And um, especially, you know, these days, I think we're all mindful with all the challenges we have in the country. The fact that California is strong is still strong. I believe uh, giving out money for COVID-19 uh, families uh, suffering and, and so forth. Not only have a successful event, but now turn it into a successful enterprise very hard to do. Someone who started his own company is very hard to do. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, yeah, we hope to come back again next year because it was a blast. Now, we talk about baseball all day, every day. All, all we do is talk about baseball. And the conversation that we had today is that baseball is back and it feels pretty normal right now. Like we have almost a full slate. There's still some hesitations with some teams and stuff, stuff, but the the game, the quality, the product to me has been awesome. Uh, the competitiveness seems to be there. Players seem to be giving out uh, their best effort and best product, and I think we're going to have some fun races. How uh, how relieving was it to have this finally happen after the you know the pandemic and the off season? And it, just to put it simply, baseball's back. That's how we feel. We're excited about it. Well, in the uh... Eighth inning last night, I think it was the eighth inning, um, Freddie Peralta went to a 3-0 and count on one of the White Sox hitters, and the ball came within inches, <laughs> I mean, inches of tying the game. Um, and uh, I think a few uh, choice words were dropped in our, in our house here, <laughs> beginning with an S. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to be able to have that passion again, Understanding when the game's over, we all go back to, you know, the challenges uh, we are family, friends, and others face. Um, but, you know, I've been very uh, 
well, you know, uh, being involved with the sport, you know, proud and otherwise just, it's just fun to see that these games are as, as competitive and good as they are. I mean, we did watch baseball uh, to, to malign other games that were out there, but when it, there's nothing like major league baseball, right? No. Some of the games that were otherwise broadcast. And, you know, I was talking to a prominent columnist today would go nameless, but um, real traditionalist to, you know, this isn't a traditional season. I said to him, well, how would it, how would it feel if this was no baseball? Wouldn't that be worse? And, oh yeah, that would be worse. So, you know, we're, we've been dealt the the hand we've been dealt with the pandemic and, you know, and by the way, I don't know what you all think. I think it shows pretty well on, on television. I'm surprised the fake crowd yes. noise isn't so fake. Uh, I think the crowd noise, the cardboard cutouts actually help because you lose you lose them and they just become background. And they do kind of set it. I think the production has been really good at keeping tighter shots, uh, just the field and keeping the seats out of it. I'm fine. Like, it's it's not even a distraction at all for me. I'm just lost in the, the sport. I hope the players feel the same way because uh, they actually have to deal with the big difference. But the TV product, to me, I'm fine with it. I think it's great. Yeah, I think the players, uh, when the game starts, uh, for everybody, you know, it's it's game on. I think, um, and Trevor, I know you talked a lot. Of, well, all well, you probably do, but, you know, the, the most challenges come when you're traveling. And uh, listen, it's no fun to go to uh, sit on a plane with a mask and go to a hotel and sit in a room. And, you know, there's an article today, and it was in The Athletic or wherever, that talked about how the Yankees and the Cubs have a uh, – so I think baseball may be going to as a suggested protocol have a, a room where you pick up food and all that. But, you know, that's not exactly um, what we're all used to. It is, unfortunately, really what, you know, that is the, I have not gone, at least for me, I haven't been to a restaurant um, then to pick up food, you know, since, um, you know, these are a lot of adjustments we all have to make in our everyday lives, even if you're not, you're not playing. You know, because the the the, uh, the virus doesn't discriminate, uh, and it's going to be with us for a while. So, you know, at a minimum this year, I think, which no, nobody wants to talk about, is a great road to. We want to. We want to. We want to. We're all committed to playing this year, finishing this year, playing next year. We're going to learn a lot this year that's going to allow us to play next year, um, and and that's I think critical. And, um, you know, the players, what they're doing is the fact that they can perform at this level is really uh, extraordinary. It just shows, uh, you know, I always and obviously I'm I'm well, I'm competitive because involved with sports. And uh, I think that, you know, I know uh, obviously there's extraordinary athletes in all sports. When you see what baseball players have to do with the refinement of skills they have to have, um, it's, you know, this, this center fielder for the White Sox, Luis Robert, is that his name? Oh, yeah. yeah. He threw a rope last night. He, Christian was going to cruise, and he made it by like, the you know, and, and and he can, you know, throw, run, hit. You know, he adjusts his swing with two strikes. I called Jerry Reinster. I said, God, you've got some players over there. <laughs> Jerry, all, all uh, ball players and all owners, everybody around the sport is very superstitious, right? We want to talk about it too much. Let's see how the season goes. And, you know. <laughs> oh, even owners get that way. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're all. Oh, yeah. He's a really fun one to watch, though, uh, Robert out there in Chicago. They have a bunch of young guys, and they, 
they struggled for a while to get those young guys. And now it's kind of cool to see them back in contention with the team they've done. They made some splashes, but definitely, I mean, Luis Robert is like, he's the guy right now, the young guy. And he's, he's one of those guys that comes up and you're like, he just looks the part already. He's not scared. He's not, you know, he's ready to go. He's just add water, you know? So he's, uh, he's definitely someone we talk about a lot on our show. Just add water. That's a good line, Trev. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. I'll mention uh, he's uh, a keeper on the Mikey Atanasio fantasy team. Oh. It's called Out of Hira. I like that. I was just about to. Mike's holding his head. Mike's in the room here. He's going like this. Oh, no. (laughs) I I was just about to say, when you say just add water, there's a young guy on the Brewers. You just mentioned him, Hira, who we we also saw him at the California Strong event. Big-time prospect. He came up, and he showed how special he can be I don't know can you can you give us more on him because like he's he's a guy that you know luckily the baseball audience now knows that Yelich guy because he went out and won the MVP but more people know need to know about Keston Hira yeah Keston um is another one like Luis that you know from the moment he came up you know acted like he belonged acted like he should be there and uh just a phenomenal hitter when they were um when they were uh, drafting him, in fact, I talked to some inside baseball for you guys who love baseball. I, I actually was briefed on on it in the clubhouse at City Field. And uh, the guys were a little concerned because they really were hoping to get him. And, and look, I, I don't know uh, in 15 seasons that I've done anything other than say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but there was some nervousness because, um, you know, he, he – uh, He's, you know, when you meet him in person, Trevor, you would, he looks like a ball player. He's got what our old GM, Doug Melvin, would call like a hitter's hands. He's got a really strong grip. But, you know, when you watch a, a video of him, he's smaller. But, you know, when, when you look at a lot of the athletes coming out, the guy, Garrett Mitchell, we drafted this year, is just a beast. And, Trevor, I think you've hit with him. You know, mm-hmm. Keston didn't profile that way. And they said, so I heard all these things you know you may have heard his arm they said but um he's the best hitter in college i said are you sure he's the best college hitter oh yeah <laughs> he's flat out the best college hitter. i said oh we don't have anything to talk about then they said really <laughs> that's an easy one you know the draft is so hard in general to to pick a guy and have him become you know a major league caliber player it's tough and then you're saying right there it's like you want to pick a guy that looks the part you know, that, that kind of helps the process a little bit, but that's, what's so cool about baseball is, you know, all shapes, color sizes can be successful. And then you heard, Hey, he's got the hit tool. He's the best hitter in college. Who cares what he looks like, what he profiles, whatever, like this guy can hit. I love that. That's the best part about baseball to me is how accessible it is. You don't have to be boring to play baseball. Like you do some other sports like football and basketball. I mean, you kind of have to be a physical specimen to be in those sports, but baseball, it's a skilled sport and, and Keston and a lot of other guys, you know, obviously Altuve have, have proved that for, for decades. Right. And, and, and around that though, uh, you know, like Christian Yelich has bragged to me that he can dunk a basketball behind his head easily <laughs> stand under the basket. <laughs> Haven't tested him on it because we don't need any injuries. Uh, you know, guys can, uh, throw a ball you know 350 feet on a line there's things they can do that are are quite you know dramatic physically but but for those who otherwise just have refined skills 
I want to lead into the next question because we're talking about baseball and, and skills and all this. And one of the things we wanted to ask you, it's kind of a funnier one, but of all the owners, if we put you guys together and put two teams, say AL versus NL, mm. where is Mark Adonacio playing on the field? Where are you hitting in the uh, lineup? Give us your profile, <laughs> your baseball profile. Scouting report. We need it. All right. Well, I'm mindful. You know, it's funny how almost everybody remembers their uh, past athletic achievements in, in greater magnitude than was reality. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> You're talking to the right crew. <laughs> uh, I was talking to one of my colleagues at my investment firm today who said, well, guess where my daughter plays on our softball team? And I know he's ready to brag. So I go, shortstop. Because the shortstop's usually the best player, right? By the way, Ryan Braun says he can still play shortstop for us. By the way. He can never play shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan, we hope you're watching this. Yeah. <laughs> we I'll may, know. you know, we may before the season's over, you know, if it proves to be his last year, we may have to put him out there and see what he's got. Just to, Ooh, you know. I like that. Yeah. That'll be Craig's call. By the way, Craig Council still looks like he could play shortstop. Yes, but, he does. But but to uh anyway, I noticed uh, in high school. Yeah, I went from shortstop to second base to center field because I had a pretty good arm to right field. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the progression wasn't great. And, you know, what I would do on um, is hit lazy fly balls on curveballs. And uh, that was a problem. And yeah. uh, not great. Now, I have to think about who can, you know, we got a bunch of owners who played college baseball. So they actually, so we'd have to, we'd, I like have, that. we'd have to look at that and get Jeter out of there. It's not fair. He's, he doesn't. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jared could beat any, any nine guys by himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got me beat. My progression was shortstop to second base to right field to cut from the team. And the lazy fly ball, balls on curveballs were just swing and misses. Yeah. So you got me beat there. I wanted to go even further back, talk about playing baseball in high school. Was baseball always your number one? In the Northeast, baseball kind of dominates fanhood-wise, uh, and yeah. you grew up in the Northeast. Was was a sports fanatic across the board? Is it Has baseball always been the number one sport for you? Oh, yeah, by, by a lot. And, you know, I um, – by the way, Joe Pepitone, just to show where – he used to live in the neighborhood. And okay. I, you know, And on my way to PS 108, I'd pass by, you know, his place and – on off days, sometimes you'd see him playing with kids in the, in the street, and I never was able to time it right to get in one of those <laughs> games. It seemed like the game was already set when I'd be walking by. Um, but, uh, you know, in those days, yeah, baseball, I think, was the number one sport among among kids, and uh, nothing else with the trading cards and, and all that. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's evolved. We're trying to, we're trying to get – to a younger demographic as everyone is. By the way, for you know, one of the good things in this, uh, the early data, baseball doesn't want to go through it, uh, talk about it now because it's not enough data points, but our demographic for these games now is, is trending much younger than it had been, which is, is very positive. And we'll see if it, uh, you know, if it continues. Well, you got a lot of young talent in the league. And yes. the the media and the marketing has picked up, and I think well, I'll pat ourselves on the back. I think you know you got a lot of podcasts, and you got new media. We're really trying our best, helping as well as the card industry is booming again. Yep. That's yeah. really taking off. 
Is there is there anything else in, on uh, that's going on in baseball right now that you love that you're seeing that you want to baseball to keep doing and keep projecting that way? Well, you know, I think in a uh, you know out of circum victim of circumstance, some of the changes rules changes we put in this year are things we've talked about for a while. Starting the runner on second base in the tenth inning um, in the extra innings, having seven inning game now, start runner on second base in the eighth inning of a doubleheader. Uh, like I um, am somewhat of a, a purist and and wasn't sure about it. Um, although, you know, some of these, we, we had a game in Washington last year where it went, like, Yelly hit a home run in like the ninth inning and then the 12th. It, it went forever. It went to like two or three in the morning. Guys, I'd be back in the clubhouse the next day at eight. That's not great. But I found the strategy, and what you will think of, of guys starting in second base is kind of fun now. Are they going to bunt? What are they going to do? The pressure on the pitcher is different now, uh, for sure. I, I, I like it. I've come around on it, but my only request, and uh, I'm sure you'll voice this when you guys make the grand decision, you say, <laughs> John Boy wants this. Just give me two innings of the 10th and the 11th of no runner on second because I think the numbers say 80% of extra inning games end before the 13th starts anyway, but then you could throw the runner on second because I agree those 16 inning games when you have pitchers pitching and – Everyone's just tired and wants to get out of there. No need it. No one needs those anymore. But I'd like two innings of clean extra innings before we go to the runner on second. So that's my official vote. What do you think? What do you think, Trevor? I, I agree with it. We t- I mean, obviously, we talk about baseball every day, all day. So they've Jimmy's actually turned me on this a little bit. Um, originally, I thought, no, I don't want any runner on second base. But when you look at the statistics, and he's saying, yeah, 80% of the games end before the 12th when you go to extra innings. And then when you do implement that rule with the runner on second, they, those games end. Like statistically, they end quickly. So I, I've come around and, and I agree with Jim now. I think, I think guys will be on board with that. Two innings of regular baseball to get the 10th and the 11th because you're still going to have relievers fresh for the most part. Um, and then, yeah, once that happens, let's not have the position players pitching. Let's go to the 12th put the guy in second base. I, I I think that is, you could start there and then see where it goes. We've talked a lot on our show about how other sports, when games in crunch time, basketball, best player has the ball in his hands, football, two minute drill, the quarterback has the ball in his hands. It'd be cool to do something where you could pick where you started in the lineup. I think fans might enjoy that. I know that's really far out there, but um I, I like the two innings of regular baseball and then we'll figure out what happens after that. Uh, I had not heard the idea of starting in the lineup. I like, listen, we, we just have to do things to make it more entertaining. We have to do yes. things to make the pace of the game greater. And, you know, I focus more on pace than time. Uh, although, you know, I, I wish we could just have two and a half hour games. I think it would help a lot. And uh, it's hard to keep attention on anything anymore for that long. And, uh and what do you think about the seven inning doubleheader? The you players to- seem to love it. So, like, I we the play we just had a bunch of them. The Yankees had one. Every player stepped out and said they love it. And something I said on the show was, as a fan, I haven't been conditioned for that. I spent my whole life conditioned for nine innings, so it's my first time ever doing it. These players do this in the minor leagues. They've done seven innings right. before. They've done seven innings in college baseball. So, for them, they like it. Now, what one of the Yankees players said was. Make every Sunday a seven-inning doubleheader and then have Monday off. And that's what the, seemed the players would be like. They would love that. You, you'll get me to love anything eventually, 
I wasn't conditioned for seven innings. Like, you know, in the fifth inning when I was like, oh, my God, only two left and we're down by a couple runs, I was panicking. But, you know, the players seem to like it, and I think if the players like it, it's probably better for the product moving forward. It, it, for me, it's a lot coming together at the same time because with the so much emphasis on bullpens nowadays, you're seeing a lot of teams just, oh, seven innings, you know, uh, we can, we can go four guys. They'll never see the same hitter twice. Council so have I, a lot of fun with I that. think it's interesting. Right. Oh, yeah, I could Craig would have a blast with that. I mean, hey, you get get to Hater in the fifth inning, basically. So um, it's interesting. I mean, part of the traditionalist in me would have loved to see that start in, like, the 80s. So you just be like, hey, starting pitchers, go get it for seven innings and let's do it. The strategy's fun, and I think it is a really good fit for this year and, and necessary. And, hey, if the players like it, uh, kind of like Jim said, I mean, you, you get used to it. Um, I actually am all, you know, obviously it's cooperative, but all for things like that. First of all, you, you can see at the end, you go into any clubhouse in September, and you, you live this, Trevor. You see how beat up and banged up guys are by the end of the year. It's, it is a grind so if you can have and also mental breaks now when Monday's off Mondays typically aren't big uh big ticket days for us and if you knew you had you know let's say two seven inning games and 14 innings of baseball on a Sunday at least in Wisconsin uh we would we probably usually sell it anyway but that people listen people in Wisconsin by the way it could be you know uh, a 10-1 game and it's we're losing 10-1 and, and you know they're there for the enjoyment, so which is which is great. Sorry about the, the phone there. No, you're yes. good. You guys have okay. great fans in Milwaukee. That, that is, by the way, hard hard a hard line. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I think, and, and I think other things, um, you know, we could do to engage the players. Um, you know, I'd rather I'd rather it, it's much better to do things. And by the way, you players know. I keep thinking, Trevor, you guys, players know better than we're going to know, right? So, so great. You want to do this one? We, we should be all open to that. And, and the, the more we can have guys as well uh, exhibit their individuality, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. The, the sport is so steeped in this. Uh, you, one of the great things about your broadcast here in John Boy, right? You're getting out outside. You know the people can show their personality. You know I can I can come on in my Brewers sweatshirt and <laughs> uh, talk about the Bronx. Um, you can see the personalities of players better, and we're and we have to we have to do that. And and I think by the way, if we start working with players and things like that, some sometimes which is which is true in any you know negotiation. Like I'll just tell you, like my money manager from almost if if you say you want something, I'll say. Nah, I don't think so. Right. So you get into this back and forth. And so, you know, I think some of the other rule changes that might make sense, you know, do you always have to step out of the box after in between every pitch? I mean, I know it's just <laughs> the pitcher's rhythm, but there's ways we could streamline a lot of things if we said, hey, we'll do this and let's make these other. It's what they do in Washington, right? You tag a bunch of things you want to do on a bill that people want. And so I, I'd be all I'd be all for the seven inning uh Two double headers on Sunday, two seven inning games, and by the way, that'll let us see. And you know, the NFL—I talk about this—they are uh, quicker. Uh, not being just saying the speed of which they're quicker with rule changes. The rules don't work; they go back. We we have so many steeped in our tradition, uh, mm -hmm. you know, traditionalists. In fact, I uh, 
I had a lot of questions when I first bought the team because I was curiosity in Wisconsin. It was like, well, are you a, you know, are you a traditionalist or are you a whatever, you know, probably a troublemaker, (laughs) (laughs) no traditionalist, but we've got to be open uh, to doing things differently. And, and still what, what you're, you know, still what's going on is guys throwing it's speed. The speed of the game is, is extraordinary, right. In terms of the actual, uh, how fast pitchers are thrown and how hard balls are hit. It's that's way different than it was in the, 1960s for yes. sure yeah i mean the numbers on how many guys hit triple digits now compared to 10 years ago are crazy um you mentioned that you know the fans in wisconsin will come out whenever and always that is something that you guys have put a lot of thought into like your fan experience in milwaukee is really fun i mean the slide the sausages the tailgates everything is that something that was there before you took over when you took over did you did you want to really build that up and was that had has that been a priority uh from the start because even trevor said like and we were talking about it's just like you guys do a lot to make it at a really enjoyable event for the fans yeah it was a priority from the start um for a number of reasons you know starting with me i felt like i was uh somewhat of an outsider growing up in the bronx working in los angeles coming to wisconsin so i wanted to embrace their traditions so one of the traditions was tailgating most teams don't allow tailgating because uh, either there's a public drinking law or there's an economic reason to, if you're drinking beer outside, you don't drink beer in the ballpark. I wanted to embrace the traditions. And, uh, you know, we had a brand when I bought the team uh, first year was 05 ballpark was 01. So this brand new facility. And, and I, I felt we should like cherish that my very, you know, I was in a mix or probably at that point, you know, you did a series of indications of interest There were probably half a dozen bidders at that time. And I walked in the right field corner in Miller Park and looked up and just could not believe that I could, uh, you know, own that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and that moment, That's I cool. walked in the right field corner. I said, I, I've got to do everything I can, you know, to do this, everything. And uh, God bless it worked out. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I've always cherished the ballpark and we put um, a lot of resources we've, you know, in, in what's otherwise a new ballpark. I think the team's invested uh, a team over $100 million in the ballpark these years. We get money from the stadium district. Which has been, it's been a really a model of a public-private partnership, which had a, uh, we had a, a five or six county sales tax that got just got sunsetted. So that was successful. Sales tax got sunsetted. And the stadium, if you come out, is uh, it's still, we believe, state of the art. It's it's as good as it gets. Uh, and the Wisconsin traditions, whether it's, um, you know, you didn't mention the polka dance that we do at the seventh mm. inning, a roll out the barrel polka on top of the dugout. Yes. There you go. Big cities, you might feel it's a little corny. I think it's fun and charming and everybody's, you know, had a few beers by then, and it's it's a good time. Yeah, that you know, I'm thinking you give some people some time to pregame out there tailgate. I make the most purchases on my Amazon app when I've had a few drinks. <laughs> so let them let them lube it up outside, then they can come inside and and I think uh, at least every time that we visited, and the the Twins versus the Brewers is always a big weekend series. I just loved coming. Uh, to, to your stadium to play. The fans are always very engaged. There's always a mix of twins versus 
Brewers. And no matter what or where we were in the standings, it was always such a fun, fun atmosphere. And I got to eat brats because you guys probably on purpose serve brats in the visiting clubhouse to slow us all down. And it works. Yeah, there's, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> Uh, we also have these fried fried cheese curds. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I love oh, fried cheese curds. God. Don't get me started. But, uh, yeah, we, we do that. Now, the Yankees, you know, do it differently. When you go there, they've got this really – it looks like a major corporate dining room. They've got guys carving, you know, uh, all kinds of fine beef and, you know. It's, yeah. I, was, I was like a, a rat, and the cheese was in the trap, and I ate it every time. Yeah, in New York, same <laughs> way. I'd have this huge thing of pasta – uh, uh, pastrami sandwich, and then I, uh, you know, go into the game. I'm probably not at my peak physical, you know, wellness there, but there you go. now That's I get what, it. They say that, uh, the finest dining in New York City is the away clubhouse in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's nice, but let's not go that far. Fair, the, fi- the finest <laughs> dining. Oh, it's really no, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got uh, a weird one. We we had a few things prepped for you. This one, it, something you just said before. I think it's funny. Everyone has that moment. You get a new apartment, or you move into a new home, and you know maybe you got your man cave, and it, you know I've I've got an old Bernie Williams picture that I'm gonna hang up or something like that. You just mentioned you you're in the brew stadium and you look at it and you're like hey this is me now did you have like uh something you had to bring in did you have like your recliner that you had to bring in there was there <laughs> something that you brought in to to make your <laughs> house a home well first thing i did when i bought the team and i don't remember in which order i called robin yown and bob Uecker. um robin uh you know I still give him shit about he he didn't realize how committed to winning I was. So he was telling me all about NASCAR racing and he'd like to help out. But, you know, this NASCAR is great. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and Yuke's like, I don't know, a guy from Los Angeles. <laughs> so, uh, I had to win them over. But um, so the first thing I did is I took the 20 seats by the dugout. Because I mean, you, I mean, okay. So you own the teams. I want to sit right next to the team's dugout, right? That's an easy one. I found there's a guy. Um, his name is Bob Nobler, and uh, we call him Baseball Bob. And Baseball Bob had not missed an inning, not missed a pitch, <laughs> in 1980. And oh. opening of the stadium, so he wouldn't even drink you if you he won't if you give him a bottle of water, he's sipping because he's not going to miss a pitch. And uh, God. You know, legend has it that when he was married after seven years of this, it was a beautiful Wisconsin day after a tough winter on a Sunday. And his wife at the time said, uh, let's go have, you know, let's go have a picnic. He's not going to go. There's a game. He said, well, it's a beautiful day. And we have, it's, we've been inside. He said, you know, the deal. Know Baseball comes first. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that was man. it for that marriage. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> She so, thought it was just okay. Uh, he stays. So we got 19 seats and, and Bob. <laughs> That's wow. Big. That's yeah. awesome. The slide. I wanted to know, have you ever gone down the slide? Oh yeah. So if you guys ever come out to Miller park, you got you got to sign a waiver and it, it's right. pretty, it's pretty fast. It can, um, it's pretty fast. We I've heard it's scary when you're up top because you see how high you are. Yeah, it, and when you're going up the stairs, there's you know they're, they're high steps, and when you look in between the steps, you don't want to fall through those steps. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a fun experience. You, you guys can uh, 
enough. You can you don't need notice to with sign a waiver for us to do the slide. Um, when it be in the sausage race, we put you in the sausage race, but we need a little notice on that because a big waiting list on that. There's okay. a little betting pool on that, by the way. Is uh, that yeah. does that ever get predetermined? There's a lot of rumors about uh -oh. that. Do you guys let the race go? Is there any funny business? I think if you, uh, I think there's a little gaming of it. So like when Mike did it and and he won, he was playing high school basketball. Then he had some speed. Then um, <laughs> he figured out which was the lightest costume. Uh. Funny part of it is he wouldn't eat before it. <laughs> he did win, but <laughs> he got like dehydrated. <laughs> Sweating in the sausage. But, but so there's something to the weight of the costume. Okay. Uh, there's something to where you stand. And uh, like I had a guy who's running track at Amherst who did, he went pretty handily. So I, I don't, I mean, uh, I haven't heard it that the fix is in ever, but, um, you know, if any of you, you three want to run, any of you want to lobby me and try to get some information. Mm, or okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to do all the research I can there. That's fair. How, how about this one? New York Slice or a Wisconsin brat. Oh boy. Uh, that's, a, that's, you know, we actually, uh, there's a pizza place out here called Mulberry street pizza that I just, that was lunch yesterday. And Oof. I'm look, I really have tried to shift allegiances like from the jets to the Packers or, and I've done a good job of that, uh, you know, next to the Bucks, but, um, both those teams made it easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. As it turns out, but, um, yeah. Uh, I would say uh, New York Slice is going to have. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you too. It's the right answer. Do you have a place? We're here. We'll go get it. We'll test it out tomorrow. Is there? If you're back in the city, is there like a? What's your go-to slice? It used to be Ray's Pizza on 76th and Third. And there Ray's. were a couple. There was one on Sixth and Twelfth. There's one on 76th and Third. And then everybody, I guess, if you're named Ray, you know, with trademark, you can't. You can you know, have a place called Ray's. And so it's hard to, and I don't, I think that it, that Ray Barry group sold. So that used to be, um, you know, and I, I tend to prefer that to the, the super thin crust. Some people like the thin crust. I like a little. There are about a thousand Ray's in New York city. Cause I would go yeah. to one as well. I think it is. And it was in right near times square 77 and something. We might've been to the same one, but that was, I would go there every single time we got to New York straight there, get a slice there's nothing better than that. It's like the whole ambiance, the feeling you're in New York. Yeah. You're on the line. You get the, now it's, you got a socially distant line. <laughs> you kind of brought this. You got, yeah. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Mask. Mask on. Yeah. We had one question, Trev, I'll ask for you. Okay. Trev wants to know. Good looking guy. How come you never traded for him? He's in Minnesota. I'm going to say, you know, Mikey uh, used to, be pushing for you by the way wow <laughs> i remember he told me that power power was overrated at one point and that's when <laughs> I, knew I wasn't gonna be a brewer because that was really my only attribute <laughs> uh, there was no such thing as the right-handed power hitter doug melvin didn't like but um <laughs> you know miller park the ball we, we do look for i think mike likes to you know jab a little bit maybe um you know we look for power hitters in miller park because Ball travels well. And another another trade that you did make is the CC Sabathia trade. And he comes over and gets the ball every three days, hits some home runs. Can you tell me just, I mean, that is like one of the cooler stories in recent baseball history. Uh, free agent that came over to 
to the Brewers and put it on the line, even uh, for like you know that month stretch or whatever. Do you have any fond memories of CC and and that was it? 08 stretch. Let's give the numbers first. It was 17 starts. He went 11 and two with a 165. Set. He completed seven games and threw three shutouts. I think he was taking the ball every three days too. Awesome. <laughs> you know, he he was at at the end, and and I, I feel that uh, you know to this day. Um, uh, I'm so respectful of what he did. I actually went to his uh, retirement dinner in, in New York nice. in September. Um, it, our, that was the turning point for our organization, was, was bringing him in because, you know, when I bought the team, we had uh, literally had 11 or 12 seasons of losing in a row, had not been to the playoffs um, in, I think, mean, 26 years or something back to like the 80s and uh, early 80s and it was it, it was so negative that the very first year we were at 500 because we traded for carlos lee push this is a push the payroll from 22 million to 40 million whoa <laughs> <laughs> and, and and uh uh so we're 500 and you know and then everybody's like well you still you know you still haven't won you're not, you haven't lost for 12 years, but you still haven't won. And, and we kept getting put in the record of futility with other teams. Um, and then we started, you know, we, we, we took a step back in 06 and 07. We actually finally got to 82 and 80 and one, but we couldn't get that 26 year, you know, 1982 monkey off the back. And, and our players, you know, Ben Sheets and all the guys who got so tired of, of seeing the 82 brewers and the, you know, so even things like, like the, you know, the, the great ball and glove logo we went back to the guys wanted their own identity, their own logo. <laughs> we really couldn't get it till we brought, you know, CC in and, and, you know, I give Doug Melvin credit for that because what, what he did is he said, look, uh, he's going to be a free agent. And by the way, they got Michael Brantley. So they, they did yes. okay in that trade. Yeah. But he said, um, we, you know, if we trade early, we won't not, not only won't get in the competition, but we might be able to have him for enough during the season that, that we can make a difference. And I believe the trade was done like late June. And, uh, you know, it's a, it was a brilliant idea and it was executed and CC came in and he just put the team on his back. Uh, he started pitching every third day and, uh, you know, his, his agent, um, thought we were maybe taking advantage and, you know, would call in Doug and, and we're like, Hey, talk to CC. <laughs> you guys all know he's a big guy. Yes. Yes. I remember he put his hand in like, you know, <laughs> you, you tell him he's not pitching every three days. Cause we're not telling him that. <laughs> and he just, you know, put the whole team on his back. And, uh, at that, that's where that was the transformational point in our organization. Uh, and and I think all the success we've had since it all started uh, with him, so uh, I'll never forget it. And one of the reasons I went to his retirement, besides being very fond of him and his family, and uh, went to his retirement dinner, and you know, I uh, was hoping to get him back this year in our fiftieth. This is our fiftieth season. This won't be the year to do it, obviously. But uh, you know, and he, and people in Wisconsin just love him. Yes. For, for a guy who was there for three months. It was like he was there his whole career for how people feel about him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we were as Yankee fans, we were lucky enough to get CC, and I mean, 
I mean, an incredible personality. You mentioned his family at the end. I mean, they got entrenched. I mean, Amber and the kids, Amber, like they yeah. they became part of the Yankees culture. Just uh, the perfect family and uh, everything. When you're a fan watching the game, it's everything you want. He's an intense competitor. He'll do anything to win. Um, and he's left so many fond memories for us. I I have my last question for you. I think the other guys might have one or two more. Uh, you mentioned you talked to you know some of the other owners. You mentioned you talked to Reinsdorf. Do you ever text them just like LOL Yelich or like remember the Yelich trade or anything like that? Like we <laughs> we have him. What's the version of an owner flexing on another owner? Yeah. Does that exist? Yeah. Okay. Well, before I do, I just want to mention CC is also taking a leadership role of the Players Alliance. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot of the you know social justice issues he curtis granderson edwin jackson um but cc you know that's really important initiative for baseball and and so typical of cc to jump in and take a leadership role in something like that he can be impactful on but now having having said that i think we're really intensely competitive with each other but we we don't really certainly not on trades there's no uh i think we we have this superstition. So if you call yeah. and you somebody, like I called Reinsdorf, tell him the other morning, the executive council call, and I called him after because I knew he just hung up. And I said, hey, you know, you got some team this year. And by the way, relative to having a season this year, none of us would have gotten to see that. He had some That's major true. athletes over there. And he's like, no, no he don't want to talk about it because then he's going to do I'd say you don't want to jinx it. If you, if you are on the good side of a trade, you don't want to make fun because the next one, you don't want to be on the other side. So you just. Now, we, you know, look, we, uh, Frankly, you want your trades to work out for both sides because sure. um, you, you you just you just do good business, uh, right? Right, and I mean, our, I'm sure history will be rewritten. I don't. If I go back through the memos, I, I don't believe I read any memos uh, and that uh, hey, Christian Yelich is going to be the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Stern said we, that, but but we did know you know his character, his determination. Um, and and he had, you know, he was uh, just like, you know, whatever the perfect ball player in terms of. And you saw, I saw one of the graphics the other night. Besides, you know, being two-time batting champion and home run champion, I think he was second in the National League in steals, you know, combined over two years. This wow. guy does everything. You see his inside the park home run last night. He was, you know, trotting around first base, nice. and and then he just kicks it into this. And he's not even breathing heavily. <laughs> Some guys they finished. <laughs> he's uh, that will not be us in the sausage race. Yeah, that's. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know, guys. You got listen. Here you go. What you got to do is just take listen to what Trevor's saying here, right? Feed him some brats before the race. You guys yeah. take a page from Mike. You don't, you know, maybe just a little sip of water. Figure out which <laughs> costume is the. the better one. Oh, bigger. that's a good, you got to feel good about your costume. Yeah. You can't feel bad in the costume. That's and there is one, there is one key to it, but I, you know, it depends whoever comes up with the, the <sighs> best, uh, uh, incentive here. There is one okay. key on that race. All that right. Well, that'll be the next time we reach out. We'll figure out who, who gets the best incentive to figure out who wins the race. Jake right. looks like a sausage already. Don't even. Yeah. I don't need a costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him keep th- just let him keep thinking that. That's just yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I might I might bring a bratwurst in the costume with me. I think that might be the secret. I think this, the power of the brat. Yes, yes. Just yes. don't choke. That'll be that'll be bad. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining so us. We much. appreciate it. Um, we're very happy baseball is going on, and uh, hopefully we run into you and see you. On- Anything else we need to pass along? 
uh, for you? Any any other initiatives or anything that that we can pass along to the fans? No, this is a, it. Uh, appreciate uh, you guys told me it would be fun, and I'd seen a couple of the broadcasts, so I believe that. And uh, now we'll have uh, hopefully have a chance to talk again. And I, you know, I came with no agenda. I just wanted to. I mean, what's better than talking baseball, right? That's well, it. That's what we're that's the life. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Okay, thanks. And there you have it. So huge shout out to Mark for joining us and coming on the show. Now we'll just get every other owner to come yeah. on the show and we'll go. be golden. So I highly doubt it. I, ha- I highly doubt we'll have other owners cool enough to sit down with us and chat and just talk hey, baseball. Maybe. So we'll see. But that was uh, really cool. So thank him very much for coming on. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the recap. You guys have anything? Final thoughts? Trev? We confirmed what I've always kind of believed that the Brewers do put the brats in the visiting clubhouse to yeah. slow their opponent down. We confirmed that rumor. It's fact. Watch out for those brats when you go visit Milwaukee. Okay, guys? No, it's funny. My mother executed a very similar game plan for about 21 years. <laughs> slow <laughs> Jake down. With Just brats. heavy pasta dishes. Jake went home recently, and her his mom served him a light meatball lunch. Yeah. Fell asleep for two hours. <laughs> so, All right. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you tomorrow with the series recap episode. Goodbye. Good luck. Farewell. Love you. Peace. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Boop, boop.